and welcome to the very first episode of Trust Me, I'm a Student, the brand new podcast all about our year with co-production. I'm Madeline, and I'm one of the 11 student partners who have been involved in this co-produced evaluation of the Greater Manchester University Student Mental Health Service. As it's the first episode, before we dive straight in, I'm just going to give you a little bit of context. This project is part of the Office for Students Mental Health Challenge Competition. Our project is based at the University of Manchester, but our team consists of students from the five Greater Manchester Universities. University of Manchester, the University of Bolton, University of Salford, Manchester Metropolitan University, and my university, the Royal Northern College of Music. Not only are we from five different universities, we're also on vastly different courses, from pop music to biomedical science to social policy. Our evaluation coordinator is called Anita, and you'll hear us mention her name quite a few times. She somehow keeps track of all our mini-projects and helps keep us moving towards our larger goal of speaking to student service users and trying to make the service experience the best it can be. Over the past year, we've designed and delivered workshops and interviews for student service users to share their experiences and interactions with the Greater Manchester University Student Mental Health Service. The unique part of this project is that it's entirely co-produced. What is that? Well, that's what my teammate Ellie and I are going to explain to you today. Hi, I'm Ellie and I'm a third year psychology student studying at MMU. Hi, I'm Madeline and I just finished my undergrad degree at the RNCM studying violin. Um, so we're part of a team of 11 student partners um, and we've been working in this role since September of 2020. And our big goal or task um, is to speak to service users of the Greater Manchester University Student Mental Health Service about their experiences and interactions with the service and efforts to really get to know what's important to them and kind of therefore the direction or the shape that the service should be taking. What our whole project kind of revolves around is co-production, um, which I guess at its most basic is a joint effort to achieve a goal. Um, more specifically, it's people and professionals working together. Um, quite a lot of research has been done into it, um, particularly in healthcare, um, and Venick defines it as patients contributing to health services through discussing their opinions and experiences. And they found that, that staff, went, once hearing these experiences from patients, it created such an urgency for them to improve the services, which is exactly what we want to do. Um, mm -hmm. We want the service users' experiences to be key in improving that service. Um, so something that we're particularly focused on is experts by experience, which completely embodies co-production and it puts a huge emphasis on how important these experts are. Um, experts are just regular people who are an expert because of their lived experiences. Um, it can be anyone and this way of working uh, puts their opinions and voices as the most valuable ones. Um, I could go on about this all day but uh, we will <laughs> come back to it in more detail. Uh, and how we've incorporated that into our project. Yeah. So co-production is looking at what everyone can bring to the table. So that's students, professionals, staff, um, rather than trying to get everyone to meet the same kind of com competency bar uh, and students inevitably coming up short. So it's a people-centered approach to working, basically. Because of this, there's a mutual respect and a focus on common ground or goals. Uh, even though our disciplines or areas of expertise may be different. 
Uh, it's focused on doing things that are important to the people that the system is serving. So that's service users, students, patients, etc. Beautifully summed up. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, these experts by experience. Um, I think this is so important. Um, and like I said, a lot of research has been done around co-production and also um, in experts by experience. Um, and using it is just such... It's just such a great way to do things. Mm. Um, in essence, you're using people with lived experiences to inform and it helps you to advise on what changes need, need to be made. Um, they're seen as experts because they've experienced something firsthand. Um, it's, yeah, I know I keep saying the word expert, expert, <laughs> expert, but the, it's, it's the term that's used so often um, to kind of drill home to people, I guess. Yeah. how important it is. So in the context of our project, um, the Greater Manchester University Student Mental Health Service users, or students that use that service, are the experts. And when they take part in our workshops and interviews, um, they're sharing their expertise with us so that we can feed that back and potentially, hopefully, improve the service. Um, yeah, and there's so many benefits to it. Um, like I said, a lot of research has been done into it, and um, Horgan et al. found that uh, using experts by experience can challenge the stigma around mental health. I think that was actually in nursing students, mm. um, so it does make such a huge difference. Yeah, it's, it's that people-centred approach, isn't it? Yeah, other studies shown that it can have really positive impacts on uh, things like self-esteem, self-efficacy. Um, and kind of life skills in general. And who doesn't want more life skills? <laughs> um, I've actually applied for a separate role to this one, uh, completely like not a part of this project, um, where I will be one of these experts. Maybe that's why I'm so, <laughs> so into it. Um, so I'll be meeting with board members and whatnot, the, the high-up people, to feedback my experience of a particular service, um, not the Greater Manchester one. Um, uh, I think a lot of organisations are starting to bring this into the way they do things and I'm really loving to see it uh, and it's exactly what we're going to do um, and we are doing. Um, I love that we're giving a voice to service users and we're highlighting their experiences because they know better than anyone else. It's it's a really exciting thing to, to be able to work on. <laughs> so this... In, in the context of our project and kind of wider as well, um, this way of working allows those that are providing the service uh, and those receiving the service to share power. So they both get a say in any changes that are going to happen and how that affects both the providers and receivers, if, if we're looking at it that way. And I think it's... It's just so great that they have a say in it. And um, I think from a personal point of view, I'm so passionate about this way of working because um, I felt like I've not had that voice in the past. Um, mm. You know, when I've been in services before, a psychiatrist will say, how's it been? And I don't want to tell someone with 20 years experience, <laughs> actually, it wasn't great. I think you need to change this. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the great things about us we're like these middle people. Yeah. We're so similar to the service users because we're all students, we're similar ages, 
most of us have been in mental health services ourselves, uh, which we're all very open about. Mm. Um, so we get to, I think we get that instant rapport with them. I know from workshops and interviews that I've been in, I felt that we kind of slide into that really easily. Mm. Um, yeah, we're not seen so much as researchers, but people similar to them who want to make a difference. Mm. Yeah, but as our project and us as student partners really bridge that gap between student service users um, want to give and the staff that may be intimidating to give that to. So how do we make this work? <laughs> People have to be passionate about the end goal. That's kind of step number one. Uh, and this passion often comes from a personal investment in the service or the system that we're trying to improve. Um, so most of us on the team have experience with mental health services, as Ellie just said, and therefore we're really passionate and personally invested in seeing them improved for others. Um, so when you're leading a task or, a, or part of the project, you kind of feel a sense of importance and urgency to really make it work. Yeah, I literally could not agree more. Um, it's like when we were in the recruitment stages and because uh, we were both leading on that um, mm. and we were struggling to uh, find service users to participate. Um, and I think we found it more frustrating than if Anita had run it all. Um, yeah. But that accountability was so good because we sat down at countless meetings of what's gone wrong, what what can we do to improve? How do we fix this? Yeah. Um, so yeah, meeting after meeting, brainstorming, refining ideas, and now we've got this new social media avenue um, and we've already had a load of interest, mm. um, which is the great part about the accountability because when we started, when these emails started coming in of people being interested, we were like, we've done it. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Like That's down to us. Um, it made us really like excited and yeah. yeah, I remember just texting you being like, ah, people are contacting us. <laughs> all the time. I get so proud of it. Um, I think also there needs to be openness and honesty. Mm. Um, if you're struggling, like it's so fine to tell people that and someone can jump in for you. Um, but if you don't tell anyone and get behind, it can affect the whole team. Mm. Um, we've not encountered anything like that, um, I think. From the very beginning, we've all been so open about our schedules or if we feel overwhelmed. Um, I know last week I was like, oh, guys, no, <laughs> I can't do it tomorrow, I'm sorry. Um, and it's fine, we kind of work around it, but you, ha you have to be open and you have to be honest. Mm. I think that's especially true, too, when we're not sure what we're doing in terms of the, a certain part of the project. And in our team, I feel really okay about just being honest and saying, hey, I have no idea. I've never written a psychology-related report. Uh, and Vita, can you please save me? <laughs> like, walk me through this. <laughs> yeah, I'm forever turning to people. Mm. Um, but it's great that you know exactly how to who to turn to. Yeah, um, and our, our team environment and rapport just, we're all so happy to jump in whenever anyone needs us or... If someone's going through something, everyone totally understands it. It's, I guess it's like a benefit of working in mental health, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's a huge benefit of co-production, um, the positive team environment. Mm. Um, like you said, people jumping in to help out. Um, 
we all work around our own flexibility. Uh, and yeah, it's just great. It's so positive. You never, I never have that guilt of thinking, oh, I've got behind. Um, there's not that I've let anyone down um, because I know that everyone is so willing because uh, we've got the same shared goal. Everyone wants the same outcome. So mm. we're all willing to work for it. Yeah. And the result, our team is then more motivated, more productive. I think as a, as a whole team and as individuals as well, we all feel accountable for what's for this project, really. Um, and that in itself is a great selling point, I think, for co-production. Like what company or manager wouldn't want their employees to be more productive and more motivated. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and this work environment is just, it's fantastic. It, it really has upped the bar for any future jobs. <laughs> yeah, I want it to last forever, I really do. <laughs> um, but I think, like, related to that as well, it gives, it gives you confidence. Um, I definitely am working harder in this role, um, and not just because I'm passionate about the role, but because I've got that motivation, um, I'm doing better, um, mm. and... Anita is always pushing us to identify our skills, um, always. <laughs> and I know at the beginning everyone would kind of cringe when you'd say it on the Zoom call, yeah. um, but we know, and we know who has skills in what area and we always make sure to utilise that. Um, and then on the same page, you figure out what you bring to the team. Mm -hmm. um, I know I will always turn to Madeline if I need help with creative projects. I signed up for a video <laughs> mini side project and I was like, Madeline, <laughs> you do it with me. <laughs> I have fun on that stuff. I like working with you. <laughs> I think that confidence too makes you more productive and makes you take even more ownership. So it's kind of a, a cycle, I suppose. Um, I was really unsure about my own abilities when we first started. But I think now that I've kind of gained that confidence and understand better where my own skills fit into the project, um, I feel like I can take more initiative and think like, oh, I know about podcasting. Guys, let's start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so the co-production runs the whole way through the project. Um, not only are we working with service users to improve the service, um, but we create it we've created this work environment where we all treat each other as equals um and yeah there's so, there is so much equality and i think we're all so committed to having this co-production ethos like just ingrained in everything we do mm. in our in our project team um everyone has kind of different elements of the project that they may be more involved in but everyone still has the same like value um, and input, I suppose, of course, because we're on tons of different courses. We have, what is it, music, medicine, biomedicine, social policy, psychology. <laughs> um, we all have different areas of expertise and knowledge, and we always try to use that and make sure that everyone is willing to share and teach each other, which I think is really great. Um, we can call on each other when we know someone is the best person to work with on that. Um, so there's no competition or kind of trying to keep skills to ourselves. 
um, because we do all have this shared goal of making the project uh, as effective as possible and, and speaking to the service users about their experiences and how we can better the service. Yeah, I definitely love that we all know kind of who to go to when we need something. We know what, like, I mean, like I said, I was like, I've got to create a video. <laughs> Madeline, please help. Um, I know when Alice and I had to uh, make a presentation, we were right on to Shaheen. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to jump on and help <laughs> us? Um, yeah, I could list everyone's skills all day, um, but this is what co-production is so good at. We all know what each other bring, and I think we're very complementary <laughs> about each other because that's co-production. We know what each other have and their skills, so yeah, mm. it's brilliant. Part of co-production is, is really about appreciating what each person can bring to the table, and I think that invites that complementary um, attitude or environment because you're, you're kind of looking for, oh, what is this person good at? Yeah, exactly. You just worded that so <laughs> Brilliant. So we've just kind of picked up co-production, and um, we're both obviously huge fans of it. Um, but co-production is messy. It is not as sexy as we're making it sound. <laughs> um, it's full of these tensions and different perspectives. Um, but that's also why it's so great for solving these really complex issues. Human emotions and problems are complex and not easily solved by this kind of one-size-fits-all solution. Uh, and that's why we need all of these different perspectives and angles. So complex problems require complex ways of working in order to solve them. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I could big it up all day and talk all day about how great it is. Um, but there's always going to be some challenges and to it um, yeah. I think something we struggled a bit with at the start was uh, scheduling mm. uh, it was difficult to get everybody together when you've got 11 students all on different courses at different unis with other jobs Yeah. Um, but no one has ever been like oh can we rearrange that because I really want to come to it you know we all know that we are going to miss out on stuff mm. um, but there's always you know we record things and there's always someone that will be like oh, I'll meet with you uh, whenever you're free and I will catch you up. Yeah. Um, so yeah we, yeah, we just kind of s solved it, really. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that would happen with uh, kind of any co-produced project. You know, if we're, we're looking at like medical staff and the patients they serve, obviously two really different jobs or, or tons of really different jobs um, between the staff and the patients. And so you're always going to come up against scheduling when you're yeah when you're working with so many different types of people yeah definitely i think um all of us when we started we were kind of unsure of what to do um, and i think it takes time to find your own agency in a project like this um because we're not used to being given so much power influence over what we're creating um we're not often given this level of trust and autonomy, especially as students. Yeah, I could not agree more. Um, yeah, in the first few months I was, I was like, Anita keeps asking us to give our ideas and I was <laughs> like, oh, we're giving too many. Um, 
but she really, from the beginning, she wanted us to have such a huge part, like play such a huge part in the project, and uh, kind of t just told us over and over again how important our ideas were. And you know, we have that we bring this uh, knowledge that other people don't have. Um, and I think we've got a really great balance um, in our teams. Um, I know that one of the group agreements that we use in workshops is step forward, sit back. So make sure that you are coming forward and giving your ideas. Um, but if you're maybe given too many or you notice that someone hasn't uh, inputted, um, take a step back. Um, but we've definitely ingrained that into our work lives too. You know, it's not something that we tell participants of workshops, oh, uh, this is something we need to do. We definitely do that. Um, everyone gets the chance to import and give their ideas. Mm. And it, I think it's taken us a good, you know, few months to, to find that balance and to keep being conscious of that. Another issue sometimes that we've had is just too many ideas, um, which maybe that's not an issue, but... <laughs> With a team of 11 of us all inputting and giving ideas for the project, it can be really hard to pick one. Um, we've used a bunch of different approaches to solve this, and um, if it's something that we feel that everyone should input on, then it's usually a voting system. Um, if it's a task that has kind of a lower priority, uh, then we usually have a small group of us, maybe three, four people, who make the majority of the decisions for that part of the project. Um, and everyone ends up with roles like this, so it isn't like the same few people having all the power and making all the decisions all the time. Uh, and it's a really nice way to work that everyone has times where they're more involved and in charge and kind of supporting other people, and it's kind of in flux all the time. Yeah, and that was definitely something to get used to, like mm. having quite a leadership role um, on one of the mini projects. Um, but yeah, it's great. Um, How did you find that with the first kind of project that you took a lead on, I suppose? Uh, quite difficult, I think. Um, I don't, I was like, oh, I can't tell someone what to do. You know, we're all equal, <laughs> yeah. production. But um, then when, I think you kind of get used to it because someone else is telling you what to do and you know dropping you an email like they do everyone takes the lead and I think everyone kind of got into it very well um yeah I did feel like I struggled at the beginning but um now that I know that everyone takes on similar roles uh, it definitely makes it a lot easier and you don't feel like you're pushing anyone um, yeah yeah I found that too it's it took some getting used to but now that we're we're in that habit and doing it, I feel like yeah, like no one's no one feels pushy about it and no one feels pushed, which is really nice. Yeah, there's definitely a lovely balance of I know I can take the lead on something if need be, mm. but I'm more than happy for someone else to do it and just tell me exactly what needs to be done. Mm. The last kind of issue that we've come up against um, is credibility. Um, so we're students and we're working in a really non-traditional way, um, this very egalitarian 
co-produced kind of ethos. Uh, and when we're coming into these hierarchical NHS systems, um, because we're not working in similar ways, sometimes that's hard to, like it's hard to compare apples to oranges basically. Um, so we really have to focus on finding common ground and letting them know that we're not trying to say we're experts in their jobs, obviously. Um, we're here to serve a completely different purpose um, and knowing the things that we can offer um, towards this larger goal of improving the service for the service users. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that kind of credibility, that was something that I, at the beginning, I was a bit like, oh, you know, I'm not as qualified, I'm not as experienced. Mm. Um, and I did get a bit nervous when we fed back to the service. Yeah. Um, and I was very, this is just what we've been told. <laughs> this isn't coming from me. But then straight away, they were so willing and appreciative. You know, it wasn't, there was nothing like, oh, you're a student, you know, we know more. Um, they really appreciated what we had to say and what we had to offer. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was maybe... Like some of the feedback was things that they'd heard, but some of it I think was different. And I think because we're students, um, we were able to relate to the students and make them feel really comfortable so that they were sharing things that they weren't sharing uh, in their regular feedback forms with the service. Yeah, so. definitely. So overall, um, even with those few drawbacks, uh, we're really passionate about co-production, um, and we hope that over the course of this podcast, you'll come to understand why we love it, and maybe, hopefully, we'll even convince you to bring elements of it into your own lives and workplaces. I think everyone should. Yeah. I love it. I feel like my friends and family are really done with hearing me talk about it. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Trust Me, I'm a Student. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Trust Me, I'm a Student. And there we have tons of links and stories if you want to know more about co-production or read our podcast show notes. We've also recently done a series of student partner spotlights, which has been really fun and a good way to just get to know the team. If you'd like to know more about our evaluation project, you can find us at the Greater Manchester University Student Mental Health Service Evaluation on Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you can tune in next week as Ellie returns, this time with Alice, to talk through what this past year in co-production's been like for our team. We'd like to note that, unfortunately, we cannot offer mental health support through any of our channels, and if you're in need of that, you should contact your local crisis line, GP, or University Mental Health Service. Special thanks to the University of Manchester for running this evaluation project and to the Office for Students for funding it.